welcome to Tracklisting, the podcast where a musician, a comedian, and a painter review old albums for some reason. I'm Nick. I'm Chris. And I'm Caleb. Very good, guys. Hey. Got it down. Got it down. <laughs> I decided not to uh, sabotage Chris this week. He's <laughs> cutting in before I even say my name. Welcome to the episode. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the episode. I think this is Chris's pick. That's right. You're right. That's my pick. What do you got, Darden? I picked the iconic Garden State soundtrack. Garden State. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, bring it in. Give me a hug, man. Come on. <laughs> As SNL put it, the uh, pitchfork crafted soundtrack that is the Garden State oh. soundtrack. Oh, yeah. 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 Amazing. Um, yeah, man. I mean, this movie is 2004. Yeah. Uh, it hit me at absolutely the right time. I would say <laughs> going into junior year of high school, I think. I think it came out that summer. Uh, and yeah, this changed my life. <laughs> this soundtrack was huge. Uh, I mean, it's also like, I mean, your music taste kind of sucks for a long time. And then like, this was, I was like, oh, this is, this is new music. This is what I should be listening to. And also, I mean, some of the themes of that movie, I mean, we could talk about the movie all day, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't remember, uh, like attaching to the movie that much, but I had the soundtrack and listened to it a ton. Yeah. I think this coincided with probably, it was probably like the same time that I discovered Pitchfork. Yeah. And there was kind of just like a, it was the beginning of like the indie flourishing, like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean bands like the Shins. Well, yeah. they had been around a while, but that yeah. like this was the first time the Shins kind of broke through. It was like curated uh, by cool people, you know, versus like <laughs> corporate suits, or so I thought. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think like uh, Zach Graff, <laughs> Zach Br- <laughs> Zach Graffanakis, <laughs> uh, Zach Graff like put a lot of effort into like the the music to it and stuff. Yeah, and he won a Grammy. Mm-hmm. He personally won a Grammy for yeah. the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. This being also his directorial and um, writing screenwriting debut. debut. Yeah. Nice. Good job, Brad. I mean, he crushed it. He knocked yeah. it out of the park and has done little to nothing since. Uh, <laughs> except for crowdfunding a movie after he's already like a Hollywood elite person. <laughs> which mm-hmm. is, that's that's why, like, looking back on this, I, I kind of went in with arms folded just because Zach Braff has not proved himself to be that great of a guy. Um, I think I think he's fine. He was uh, most recently in a failed sitcom based on a podcast. What? Yeah, where he where he played a podcaster. Oh god! There's like a Hollywood's obsession with assuming that pe- that people actually listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which they don't. They really don't. Nobody does. Anybody out there? <laughs> there's been a few, there's been a few movies with like podcasting plot points, which I think is pretty funny. Well, like it's so. It's it's not dynamic at all. <laughs> you know I mean? like it does not jump off the screen. But uh, <laughs> let's take a peek at track yeah. one. This is Coldplay with "Don't Panic." Bones sinking like stones, all that we fall for. Homes, places we've grown, all of us are done for Guys, what are your thoughts on Coldplay? This is my favorite Coldplay song. <laughs> yeah, I, I think okay. it's, it's probably the best one. Out I think there. it still holds up. I think it might be one of their first songs that they ever wrote. 
It was. It, it, I think I read that it was in different uh, arrangements. But it's, it was an early track. It was yeah. um, uh, fantastically mixed by Michael Brower. Okay. You guys know who Michael Brower is? No. Um, the band Change that we like to listen oh, to a lot. Okay. That's one of the first bands where he got his uh, mixing chops. Yeah. So oh, he's nice. like an elite mixer. And yeah. Great work, Michael Brower. Great work. Track. Yeah. Great work, um, Michael. That track is great. Uh, their song Amsterdam is also one that I like. I don't know why people like to hate on Coldplay. Well, but let's let's discuss. I mean, they've <laughs> they've been proven to suck in recent well, years. Well, the Super Bowl. I <laughs> mean, that was something else. Well, this was. We have to remember this. This is 2004. Four. This is yeah. before Goop. This yeah. is before <laughs> pre-Goop. pre-Goop Nation. <laughs> pre-Goop Nation. Uh, I like the Scientist yeah. that song. What's um, the dun 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 dun? When I rule oh, the world or something. Vida la Viva. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew. I was like, I know it's something that has nothing to do with this. That's song, the one that uh, Joe Satriani yeah, sued famous, them over. Famous for having ripped yeah. off a proverb. <laughs> Wait, so who? Joe Satriani sued him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then it's it's also like uh, there was another band called the Creaky Floorboards that sued him over oh, that, really? or, or didn't sue him, but came out with like a big viral video that was like, "Hey, you ripped us off!" Oh wow! <laughs> and then they retracted it, and then they were like, "Oh, apparently we're all influenced by the Zelda uh, Fairy Fountain theme song." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Chris Barton, he's I think he's there's a. <laughs> There's a slice of uh, these musicians that are a very like narrow subsection of people that I think are very charming and funny in person, and they make very anodyne uh, music that doesn't have any like charm, and that, like uh, the John Mayers of the world. Yeah. Everybody's like, he's so great, and then you're, you're like, the music is just not there. There's no edge to it, I yeah. think, is the thing. And mm-hmm. like, you know, he doesn't have the self-importance that somebody like Bono has. But you think he does? There's you know a little. I mean? There's a there's a little bit of it there. there that, the Vita La Vida album where they they had like all these kind of complex semaphore things going on where they oh, perform in yeah. these jackets that like meant <laughs> something important. And it was yeah. like <laughs> vaguely about Israel and stuff. There's a lot of like big like, drums, like like <laughs> carrying drums. Uh, <laughs> what is uh, happening? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> But I, I do really like Don't Panic. I did read that it was literally called Panic, which I thought was funny. Uh, for for those who recently watched the movie, I think both Nick and I uh, rewatched the movie. Uh, this is over the title sequence. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Right. Just sort of laying you into how numb Zach Braff's mm-hmm. life is. Lithium become. is a hell of a drug, man. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I also think, was it, you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy novels? Mm hmm. I think was one of them called "Don't Panic." There was that's like what it says on the front of the Hitchhiker's yeah, Guide. Yeah, yeah, that's like the mantra. It's like don't yeah. don't panic and always bring a towel or something yeah. like that. That's I, like I rule always, number something. It's always bring a towel. I wonder. I always wondered if this song is. I never read anything, but oh, I read Hitchhiker's Guide. No, I, I meant about uh, about this song being related. It's to a good that. book. It's a pretty good oh, book. Yeah, you should I've... check it out if you never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <all right. laughs> Moving on, track two, The Shins. With caring is creepy. I'm starting to feel the angst. I love the Shins, man. I was this is pretty good. I yeah. was totally into the Shins 
maybe their first three or four. I, I, I still think it holds up. I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, quintessential indie rock. Yeah, well, that was... So they had come out with a couple albums prior to the soundtrack coming out. And I think they were on Sub Pop and they were Albuquerque band. It like started as a side project. And then they, uh, as soon as they got signed, they moved to Portland. Yeah. Okay. They had, like recorded I was like, like another uh, couple. Uh, yeah. It's got Portland written all over it. <laughs> so they became a Portland band. And then um, when this soundtrack came out, it kind of launched them into a, an extra level. And maybe maybe they recorded one other album before Mercer fired everybody. Oh, <laughs> but that's, I, they've come up on the podcast before because I always uh, <laughs> tell the story. I thought it was funny. Like re- I don't know if it's funny, but yeah, he definitely like cut everybody loose, and he's like, "I am the shins." <laughs> oh boy, you are nothing without me. <laughs> Power move. Power move. Uh, but I think it, yeah, I think there was one other record before they really cleaned house. <laughs> Before <laughs> James Mercer as they <laughs> didn't James. Jeff Lynne do that too with the yellow? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, I'm yellow. <laughs> That's, I, mean, I mean, it's a move you can make. Like, if you mm. are the founding member of the band, you he's a principal songwriter, yeah. he's a singer. And I think uh, what happened is he did a, a collaboration with Danger Mouse. I don't know if you remember Danger yeah, Mouse, of course. They had a, a, a two act, I think they released under like Broken Bells, maybe was the name of it. Yeah. And I think he was I, like, I this is great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working with a producer. And then he went back. People were like, what are we? And it's like, we're not doing another. I'm doing another album. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's deceitful. <laughs> deceitful. <laughs> just just to, to reinforce how important uh, the music to this, mu- <laughs> this movie was, I was in a production of Romeo and Juliet uh, junior year. And this was the song that was the the last song they played as we all stood on stage and there was a slow fade to black and then this song started oh, playing. Amazing. Was, oh, we gotta get hold of that footage. Oh, gosh. I played, um... Uh, oh, gosh. Who was I? Uh, Balthazar. Uh, cut oh, that part out. Okay. Cut that part out. Gee, I was the Romeo understudy and Balthazar. Do you know what was going through my mind the whole time you were telling that story? No. Uh, this, this was after I was out of college. Was, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was like... <laughs> My like aimless time between college and grad school. I remember listening to this album all the time. <laughs> you were still a baby though. That's fine. That's I was cool. A child. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a listen to track three, making their first appearance on the podcast, and uh, hopefully not the last. Is zero seven with in the waiting line. Is everyone saying different things to me? Different things to me. Everyone saying different things to me. Different things to me. Zach Braff takes ecstasy and the party goes in. The party montage. Yeah. Fast forward. It's a great scene. It's It's a great scene. It's shot really well, too. Yeah. He's sitting there on the couch and everyone's like, you know, like Mm -hmm. fast forward. Uh, So I haven't rewatched this movie for this uh, episode, but I wanted to ask you, there's a scene in the beginning where he's a waiter in like a swanky Beverly Hills uh, restaurant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is definitely... 
the Thai restaurant right by Nick's place here in Williamsburg. Oh, yeah, everyone's favorite fact. Uh, they include that on the current uh, Williamsburg street tours. Oh, do they? Where they oh, walk by really? and they go. Yeah, it's at Place C, that terrible restaurant that yeah, I don't know. Thai Which place? place? C? It's See, on, it's Thai on, doesn't uh, what is it, agree sixth with North 6. North 6 and Barry or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No uh, way. Yeah. I'm allergic to... The interiors of the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> to save money, they, they shot all the Beverly Hills scenes here in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to that do makes that sense. That makes sense. Imagine that street in 2004 yeah. compared to what it is now. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean, Lil C was there. Yeah, yeah. fanciest <laughs> fucking restaurant in Beverly Hills. Oh, C. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> there's like, isn't there yeah, a yeah. fountain in that place? Yeah, there's a, it's a huge restaurant. Oh yeah, that's where the woman's like, bring us bread, and he's like, we don't have bread, and it's, it gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> He's an um, Asian face, I guess. He like draws on eyeliner to work at a Asian restaurant, <laughs> a Vietnamese restaurant. Yeah, it's yeah. like, why would they make you do that? Even even <laughs> even ten years ago, or fifteen I've, years ago, I've eaten at that restaurant uh, once or twice. Oh yeah, it's it's pretty insane. It's like a it's like a club inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it gets hopping. Yep. <laughs> but okay, so in this scene, is this is where he's wearing the shirt that matches the wallpaper? No, this is uh, this is during the party. He like so he meets up with some of his buddies, and they're like, "Hey, we're all going to so and so's house. You should come." And then they uh, offer him some blow, or he, he takes a hit of a joint. They offer him some blow. He declines, and they give him a smiley face pill with like stars in the eyes. So then he's like, "Guess I'll see you guys tomorrow." <laughs> and then he takes yeah. it, and then like, <laughs> and they're playing spin the bottle with like you know. Um, strangely young looking girls for how old they- they're all playing guys and they're like 20 25 26 but they're all clearly in their 30s <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. <laughs> like on scars car and stuff like and you're like yeah you're not so, uh, 26 man also zero seven uh yeah, great, yeah, great uh duo from the uk uh it's got that like chill out uh Dare yeah. I say trip hop? Yeah. No, well, this is uh, oh, there's right now genre again. Trip hop has been put to bed by this point uh, in 2004, and now there's just that kind of like uh, there were compilations. I remember it was like like chill DJ compilations that started off as like something cool that ended up being like for sale at Starbucks, and it was this kind of thing. Like I remember like uh, Gotan product. There was some of these like kind of. DJ groups. It's like very yeah. atmospheric things. There's a few coming up on this soundtrack. Yeah. And yeah. I remember uh, going to Europe. This was actually, or maybe around this time, maybe a year earlier. And you would hear all that stuff at like outdoor malls and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so they were like, <laughs> just, they were way ahead of the curve. Yeah, yeah. It's like essentially elevator music, but uh, elevator music that thinks that it's club music. I, like, I went uh, skiing in Spain, uh, like in the Pyrenees. And they were playing like minimalist techno, like over the loudspeaker <laughs> on the ski slopes. And I was like, what the heck is this? Uh, that's amazing. Uh, track four um, The Shins popping up again with Boom. New Slang. New Slang when you notice the stripes, the dead in your drives. Hope it's right when you die. Holding bones, dawn breaks like a bull through the hall. Never should have called, but my head's to the wall and I'm lonely. And if you turn to me like a girl takes to win, I was crazy about that song, like when I came across it, which was probably. 
a year or two after it came out because it was like a slow grower uh i still love it it's so good yeah it's great man. <laughs> and it was like one of those things where i it got so oversaturated that i got burnt out on the song and i haven't listened to it in probably 10 years yeah and then uh and then this episode is this came gonna out. be caleb's first perfect rating <laughs> I hope so, man. I fucking love new slang, man. I uh, it's a great song. It's a great song, and it's um probably the most iconic song of this soundtrack, I think, because it's oh yeah, it's the scene uh, where Natalie Portman is like, he's like, what are you listening to? Yeah, I want to talk about this a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, no, please. Well, it's it's when uh, she puts the headphones on Zach Braff, and this is the song playing, and she said, it's it'll change your life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you guys heard about the manic, manic pixie, pixie dream, dream girl? girl? Oh, I've I extensively. Yeah. Uh, Nick, no, I have not. Uh, yeah. So there was a, a film critic for uh, I think the Onion AV Club. Um, he he created this term. I think it was in reference to Elizabeth Town. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst's character in Elizabeth Town. Um, okay. And yeah. it's uh, <laughs> I should say that it's it's a it's a catch-all term for something kind of related to like the beggar Vance, like magical black guy type thing. But yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's essentially it started happening late '90s, early 2000s, and a lot of uh, like <laughs> like amazing women that only that don't have any like past or future, and they only yeah. serve to like take some random guy who has nothing appealing about him and like attach themselves and try to make him like feel life. Yeah. And, and it's like a it's like a completely contrived like uh, projection of these screenwriters, yeah. these twee screenwriters that are like, <laughs> "Oh, if I, you know, I'm just like so in my head if I just met some amazing woman that could make me feel." And it's just like <laughs> She defies like social norms and like you know. And this is the scene where she uses funny like. He's just like sitting there, like staring blankly ahead, right? And she comes up to him and starts like, "I'm gonna change your life with a song." It's like, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, that's about the size. A dog is humping his leg, and they have a bit of a moment, and then she like runs over and like sits like you know cross-legged, you know, and just like. Sorry, I'm weird. Uh, Lee. Um Oh, I'm so embarrassing. I'm almost a liar, and I. And you're yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and like what the development of is like. Essentially, at one point, she's like, "I'm epileptic, and that's why nobody wants to hang out with me, even though I'm beautiful." Smoking Natalie Portman. I, I mean, I think you could find somebody to hang out with. And like yeah. in small town New Jersey, yeah. a 26 year old drop dead gorgeous woman would have like three kids by that time you know what i mean like, it's, it's like, i mean part of part of the manic pixie dream girl thing is that it's like no friends there's there's no town. there's no boyfriend that she's kind of date. there's no yeah. like ex-boyfriend there's nothing she's just like flies into the window and then like <laughs> takes them on a journey uh but yeah but it was something they, they defined it at, um like around that time yeah and it was really popular and like I think like think like Zoe Deschanel in a lot of movies like she's mm-hmm. kind of that like There's oh been... I drive a scooter yeah. for some reason it you was, know what I mean? it was <laughs> it was like such a perfect uh, term for the thing that it that it it like immediately got abused and yeah. so everybody was just like oh you know in uh, Annie Hall that's like a man it's like no 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 that's and so I think people like even the critic has like backed off and like kind of disavowed the whole thing but I think <laughs> yeah. that. In this movie, like it's, the term. it's definitely applicable. This is definitely like the peak of it too, like yeah, yeah, yeah. two thousand like three to two thousand six. Especially when the writer casts himself as the lead. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> and like, I have so much to say about like, I guess a character in that his whole thing is that like he doesn't feel anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that you're just, so then you just become like a blank slate for like other characters you're writing because. 
it's harder to define yourself as like the main character. You know what I mean? So I have okay. Back like we're gonna get back into the soundtrack. I just wanted to read. Uh, there was this uh, a New York. Um, I think he was like a New York stage critic mm-hmm. um, for Vulture, and he read this. He wrote this about the Vulture movie. making their second appearance on the podcast. Yeah. After the Quincy Jones. So, uh, <laughs> I'm quoting. I'll, I'll, I'll find his name. But uh, the quote is: "Braff had the brass to venerate his generation without an ounce of critique." and to fetishize himself in the process. He'll always be, first and foremost, the man who had Natalie Portman playing an epileptic pixie next door, harvesting his hard-won tears and Dixie Cups. <laughs> literally! Literally! <laughs> well, track five by yeah. Colin Hayes. God. I just don't think I'll get over you. I drink good coffee every morning Comes from a place that's far away When I'm done, I feel like Without you here, there is less to say. Acoustic guitars with open tunings. <laughs> is that what that, <laughs> whole that noise era. is? Yeah. Well, just the style. You can, yeah. Is that you can hear the slide on it and like the fingers? Oh, no, just, just the uh, the ringing of like the open strings. It's kind, uh, of, a, it's kind of the era where... Well, some people later in, on this soundtrack as well kind of helped pioneer that <laughs> alternate tuning uh, Well, this is thing Col- that So happened. Colin Hay was the lead singer of Men at Work. Men at Work, baby. The Australian yeah. powerhouse band. Um, he had, like, uh, transitioned into, like, working as kind of a troubadour. I think he moved to L.A. and mm-hmm. There were some, some spots where he had, like, a regular spot, and he was, he was just him and acoustic guitar and, and, like, these songs he was written. So... I think that Zach Braff probably hung out at those bars. Had to have. Yeah. And, and he was like, he was responsible for sort of a rebirth in Colin Hayes' oh, yeah. career. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sorry, I, I, I kind of just fell asleep for a second. Uh, <laughs> I actually, well, I like Co- that Colin Hayes will do that to you. Man. It's good. Yeah, yeah. The soundtrack is good. It's a little sleepy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just all going to fall asleep yeah. to the soundtrack. <laughs> Let's see if uh, track six wakes us up a little bit. This is uh, Carrie Brothers with Blue Eyes. Caleb, wake up. (laughs) Wake up, buddy. Uh, Did I miss the episode? (laughs) Is it over? You gotta go home, man. You gotta go back to LA. Because you have uh, some obligation there, sort of. (laughs) Bar's closed, man. So what, Zach Braff is, uh, he's playing an an actor who was on a sitcom or something? He he played a uh, mentally challenged person. Okay. uh, Which the word gets, uh, yeah, doesn't age well. They throw around the R word (laughs) quite a bit. (laughs) You used to be able to say it, man. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but so he, he was like famous for a little bit, and then he was having to like. He he seemed like he was doing great. Like there, it's not like he 
had any sort of struggle that was happening, but he played like a mentally challenged person in a movie and then like was, I guess, waiting around for the next thing, which I guess is, you know, could be terrifying to an actor, but one of the funny auditioning. things... Yeah, he's currently auditioning. Yeah. <laughs> but he, like, apparently, you know, everyone knew about it. And it's not like uh, the party down thing where he was like, are we having fun yet? Oh, yeah. Kind of guy. And then, like, hadn't done anything since, which I think is such a better yeah, uh, party character. Down. Party down's so good. Adam Scott's character. I was <laughs> like, what happened? He's like, I, that's it. That's yeah. all that happened. <laughs> but this is like, oh, you had major success. Cool. Anyway, we should go to the party, man. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. let me collect your tears. <laughs> Let's get on this motorbike. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this was not one of my favorite songs. Uh, I remember when I was listening to the soundtrack all those years ago. It's kind of a filler song, I think. It, it was during the bar scene um, where it's just like sort of the montage of Natalie Portman and Zach Braff falling in love. I do hear this song in bars a lot. Yeah. To this day. Also in Fast Forward, that that part, I think, is like, you know, shows them. Yeah. <laughs> Do we know anything about the Carey brothers? Uh, I didn't find anything of... of they, they've been scrubbed. Before. I think they had a song on the Garden State soundtrack. It's pretty big, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Grammy adjacent. <laughs> let's, let's dive into track seven here. This is Remy Zero with Fair. It's almost one of those four chord songs, you know, like, like that stereotypical pop thing, but it's got the little extra thing on the end. Yeah. Good job, Remy Zero, mixing it up. So to play into the manic pixie dream girl uh, thing, what what activity do we think Natalie Portman is doing to to this song? Oh, out, out of out of absolutely nowhere, just goes, "Hey, I'm gonna do this." I don't remember at all. I don't remember. <laughs> She's tap dancing in a mansion in front of a fire. That's She's right. Like, Did you not get tap dance? <laughs> and then like this starts playing, and they zoom out, and it's just like, oh, what a. What she a must, she must be so happy just to have somebody finally paying attention to her. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> skipped over the scene where she had to uh, bury the hamster. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So sad. Yeah, apparently she murders pets. <laughs> yeah. There's like a huge pet cemetery yes. out next to her pool. <laughs> Pretty wild, man. Oh, what man. happens in Jersey? <sighs> Jersey. I, I don't want to know, man. Yeah. I don't want to know. This song. This song kind of reminds me. I don't know if you remember the movie Once. Um, yeah. Glenn Hansard yeah. from. Uh, yeah, yeah. I. I saw it when I was looking at this because I was I was curious about what movies this Grammy win, uh, which ones lost. I think there was maybe the second Austin Powers film was nominated. There was a couple, and I saw I think it was maybe the year before, the year after, once was nominated and didn't win, which is yeah. kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that kind of goes along the like the troubadour sort of sound that yeah. a lot of these songs sort of have. That Damien Rice era when that kind of started. Yeah. kind of helped set the stage for that. Alternative mom. Ray LaMontagne. Yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about it. David Gray. David Gray. David Gray. 
Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right in the same vein as uh, Carrie Brothers. Yeah. We're Something moving into the like sleepy that. hour. <laughs> this yeah. is just another song by Ray LaMontagne. Did see. David Gray. And this other yeah. Vulture article. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> Vulture's bad. I was just Two and a half. Do you work for Vulture? <laughs> I want to say Happening that right uh, I, I'm going to preface this by saying that I, I do really like the soundtrack, but this is a pretty good app takedown of the soundtrack. Uh, Garden State, along with the OC, paved the way for the Grey's Anatomy in of indie music and helped develop the hipster middle brow that is simultaneously too hip for the unhip and too unhip for the hip. Yeah, man. I mean, it's not wrong. Uh, I think that that perfectly uh, encapsulates what I feel about this album. It's is, definitely how I feel about this song. I, yeah. I, w- I would say it's a little undergenerous to the album. But, really? But it is kind of, you know, I see what they're saying. I wonder what they would have to say about the next artist on this soundtrack from back in the day, uh, making his first appearance on the podcast, and hopefully not the last, uh, Nick Drake with One of These Things First. Could have been a sailor, could have been a cook A real life lover, could have been a book I could have been a signpost, could have been a clock I love Nick Drake I love, I love Nick too. Drake I It's amazing, too. it's the best And not just because my name's Nick <laughs> I actually, he inspired my uh, podcasting. Um, you probably have noticed that I lay on the floor while I record the podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, a, in a deep depression. Do you yeah, want to get always on have the to chair, dude? put the mic in a weird position yeah. to get Caleb to record? We have yeah. a chair for him, yeah. but he I never learned, sits I, in there. I learned that from Nick Drake. <laughs> yes. That's how you get that sound. His hand is covering his face the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they would say about that because it's certainly in the in the same uh, sonic uh, territory. Yeah, you know. Well, this was off of uh, Brighter Later, which was um, the third and I guess maybe the final of Nick Drake's proper releases. This is, I, mm-hmm. um, I think, after Pink Moon. Mm-hmm. There was some YouTube clip I saw. It was a uh, there's like a Nick Drake festival that happens or like a celebration, and they're interviewing a woman on the street, and uh, she's like, "Is it, when does Nick play?" What time? Oh, no. And they're like, oh, no. He he's died gonna, in like the early 70s. Yeah, he's going to break like, the news. <gasps> he well, runs off. <laughs> see, yeah. That's like a testament to like how, because Nick Drake was not successful at all. Like, yeah. neither during his lifetime and, and after his Played death. Played a handful of shows. It really wasn't until decades later. God. His live shows were complicated because each song had a different guitar with a different tuning. And, <laughs> you know, he would spend like 20 minutes trying to... Prep for a song on maybe. stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like just cleared the house. All right, uh, you want to get your coat? I can just yeah. get out of here. Yeah, but he famously, maybe maybe Pink Moon was his fame was his last record. That was the last one. Okay, yeah, that was basically like his note, his farewell note. That was the one that he famously recorded most of the vocals while laying down in the in the recording studio. He was so they got depressed. repopularized by its use in um, like the, some car commercial. It's a Volkswagen. Volkswagen commercial. Really? Yeah. yeah. Pink Moon, which is about a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> oh, God. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like, buy the Passat. <laughs> Pink Moon is on its way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, no. yeah, man. Nick Drake fucking so good. So good. Um, Can never never be played out, I don't think, Nick Drake. I foolishly... Um, I think I confused Nick Drake with Elliot Smith in a previous episode. Uh, oh, I made a connection. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm making a connection. Nick Drake, needle in the hay. Now we go back to, like, I was doing some dumb thing. And then, like... <laughs> I, I don't know how you could the, ever get those two guys confused. I, I don't either. <laughs> only because I think they were... Amateur mistake. <laughs> no, no. They're very... They're very it's very easy. I was decades apart. Reincarnation. Just self-harm of listening to the podcast episode. Like, Every time I make a mistake, I bite a towel. In the last episode, there was the James Taylor Quartet, and I started singing a Simon and Garfunkel song. Oh, yeah, that was one of my favorite Taylor moments. We got to put that on our sizzle reel. Oh, man. We're going to get, yeah, if this podcast ever takes off, we're going to get so many internet nerds coming We haven't out of gotten a cease and desist yet from yeah. any record oh, yeah. labels. Not so, yet. Um, yeah. Guys, come on. Yeah, we've definitely played over 30 seconds of some of these tracks. Yeah, I know, man. All um, right. Uh, let's take a break. We will be back with a game, so stick with us. Ooh. See ya. Bye. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Tracklisting Podcast. Uh, please like and subscribe and make sure to rate and review on iTunes. That's important. Spotify, you can also find us there. Caleb? Uh, we really appreciate it. And also we're on social media if you want to find us on Twitter. That is at TracklistingPod. And I think you can find us on Instagram. Instagram is TracklistingPodcast. And I think we actually might have an old-fashioned website. Oh, TracklistingPodcast.com. <laughs> and uh, no Facebook. <laughs> No Facebook allowed. Sorry, Mark. Too old. You ruined our democracy! <laughs> Thanks for listening. We love y'all. Nick. Caleb. Chris. Garden State. Yeah, yeah we're back. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, uh, fellas, yeah, I've be, got... before we get back into the soundtrack, I heard a heard a rumor. A little birdie oh, told me that dirty birdie, dirty birdie. We got a little bit of a Darden game. We got a game, Darden party. We've got okay. a game for you, and this uh, this goes by the name of collaborate, collaborate and listen. Oh, <laughs> a lot of surprises. A lot today. of surprises. <laughs> Special guest, um, and Alex the... McVoy. <laughs> this is collaborate and listen actor edition. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So, as we know, um, many movie stars uh, try their hand at uh, musicianship okay. after they've made quite a name for themselves as an actor. Uh, and a lot of those people collaborated in um, some very surprising and very fun ways with very interesting people. All so right, well, we'll see if you can surprise me. I know. It's, this is beat the computer. This <laughs> is... <laughs> Ken Jennings versus Watson over here. <laughs> Alrighty. So uh, this first round, uh, we've got some action stars here. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you three options, and you're going to have to guess which is the correct collaboration. Okay. okay. Did Keanu Reeves and his band Dogstar collaborate with Eddie Vedder? Mm. Did Steven Seagal collaborate with Stevie Wonder? Or mm-hmm. did the macho man Randy Savage collaborate with Biz Marquee? Whoa, whoa, Caleb, let's uh, take our first step outside here. And uh, I'm sorry, Nick, I'm going to have to stay in the studio. I'm going to have to accuse myself from this one. Oh, what? Yeah, you're on your own. Okay. Um, can I get those uh, one more time? <laughs> 
You got Keanu Reeves and his band Dogstar. I like the sound of that already. They collaborate with Eddie Vedder. Uh-huh. Did Steven Seagal collaborate with Stevie Wonder? Or did the macho man Randy Savage collaborate with Bismarcky? Okay. Oh, man. This is a real zingy, huh? Um, it's an exercise in Nick filling time because I already know the answer. <laughs> it's just me out here alone with this Jeopardy trap remix. Just... Yelling into a New Jersey quarry. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to talk to the guy in the weird boathouse. <laughs> um, I'm going to stay... Stay. I'm going to say Stevie Wonder and Steven Seagal. Um, only because Stevie Wonder strikes me as someone who has done a lot of weird like collaborations over time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's it. Um, okay, Kayla, are you gonna? I've I've heard tell of a Steven Seagal track with Stevie Wonder oh. blowing a little bit of harmonica. What oh. are we getting into here oh, with round goodness. one? Can I'm, we get an answer here? I'm a big uh, I'm a big Seagal fan. So. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I love his <laughs> music career. I have all of his. This albums. is round one. Steven Seagal singing My God, uh, and that's Stevie Wonder on the harmonica jamming. It's a great harmonica solo. This but. is a real swampy mix. <laughs> Russian asset, Steven Seagal. <laughs> I choose to believe he's uh, like deep undercover wet works. <laughs> he's he's like, coming in like Kenny G on a sax solo on that know, part. Right? That's wild, right? man. Pretty, pretty good. <laughs> nice. All right, round do you, one. Do you mean right, by well, undercover you're referring to the wigs? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, undercover okay. is this <laughs> sharpie markered <laughs> airline. That With he's the doing. ponytail. The ponytail's real. All right. Oh, him doing exhaustive karate is the funniest thing ever. He's like, he's like, it's like, he's it's like those, tired. Yeah, it's those demonstrations where like the, you know, the the students are just getting thrown around the mat, and you're like, all right, they're really acting it up here. He's just, all right, okay, very good, very good job, guys. I'm, I'm, One, my first time. Nice my first try, time. Chris. Chris is losing his own game. Okay. Question oh, two. I'm going to get you with this two, one. baby. Okay. Q2. Did Kevin Costner and his band Modern West collaborate with Nina? Hmm. All right. Nina from 99 Loft, Loft Balloons, Balloons. Uh, fame. Hmm. Did Kevin Bacon and his band The Bacon Brothers collaborate with Annie Lennox? Hmm. I never knew that Kevin Bacon was in the Bacon Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was in my door. It makes sense it, now. These in all sound I great. I hope they're all real. Or did uh, the gladiator himself, Russell Crowe, collaborate with Kylie Minogue? Okay, Caleb, want to have a chat? Uh, I don't know this. But I have a pretty good idea, so I'm gonna I'm gonna force you to guess first. I don't like the way you play these games. I don't like this at all. I'm playing two games at <laughs> once. <laughs> Just play one game, kid. Come on. Uh, so the Russell Crow could be real. The Costner also could be real. And 
the Bacon Brothers. Bacon Brothers. Bacon Brothers. I, I just want that to be real the most out of all of them. First of all, we know that's not real because we know Kevin Bacon's not in the Bacon Brothers. The Bacon Brothers are a famous band. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know these false facts. My lips are sealed. My lips are sealed. Let's see. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Russell Crowe. I'm also going Russell Crowe and Kylie Minogue. They're both Australian, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that sounds familiar for some reason. It doesn't sound familiar, but I, I like the sound of it. Russell Crowe, I mean, these people are all in bands, but I definitely remember Russell Crowe's band. is like a... <laughs> Chris, you know, what is the name of Russell Crowe's band? Something... Uh, okay, go ahead. Say it with us. Russell Crowe. <laughs> Russell Crowe. I, I don't think it had a... I don't think it had a name. I think it was just like Russell Crowe and his band. Oh, he was band. in a band called like uh, 100 Feet of Something or I don't know. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. 100 feet of right. something. Let's Great hear a cut off of that answer to question two. Here we go, Q2. When we both know what we need to in this loneliness. Why do we stand when we ought to fall? Why do that is Kevin Costner and Modern West featuring Nina. Wow. Really? I, I kind of heard a Russell Crowe there for a moment. Wow. <laughs> Russell, Russell Crowe's band is 30 odd foot of grunts. Oh man. Wow. That's a terrible name. 30 odd foot of grunts. Don't don't detract from not getting a point, Caleb. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I uh, I had the name of the band right, so technically I should get half a point for that. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> uh, that, that song right. is called "Let's Go Tonight," and it it's, was uh, the Nana thing threw me off. I really didn't think that that. Well, I, I was worried wow. I was gonna. Uh, Excellent I'm, work. If I'm pulling back the curtain, uh, I was worried. I was like, is Nina too obscure to drop, or is it gonna throw everybody off? Or I don't. The, oh, the German, boy. yeah, the German thing totally threw me off. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then I thought, not knowing Russell Crowe's band name, uh, <laughs> he spins also, a wicked yeah. web. <laughs> Although they got is, tricked by a giant spider. <laughs> when doing my, uh, when doing my uh, double check work for this, Kylie Minogue and Russell Crowe were both on um, a talk show in England, the Graham Norton show. Yeah. And uh, news got out that they were being very flirty with each other because they were both single. So. <laughs> well, it's like, like Russell Crowe in, a, in a band. He was in the Les Mis and he was famously like singing badly in that. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. Okay. Oh, every, everyone so far, by the way, if I didn't make it clear, is an actual actor slash musician. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, just, to be, just to be clear. Just to remind us that um, Kevin Bacon... Kevin Bacon is a member of the Bacon Brothers. I, lo- I looked <laughs> it up. I looked it up. I was wrong. Guys, <laughs> I, I uncovered so much gold just doing the research for this. It, oh, it sure. blows your mind. Like... There was like seven Bacon Brothers albums. There's four Billy Bob Thornton and the Box Masters. Box Masters. Oh, oh, God. Oh, man. So listen, He's guys. Like 14 I looked it up, and apparently Kevin Bacon and the Bacon Brothers is the Kevin Bacon. It's the Kevin it's Bacon? It's the same Kevin okay. Bacon. I was pretty sure. I, was pretty I mean, sure. I obviously I knew about both of them. This I isn't like the James the Taylor guy. Quartet thing <laughs> right. we talked about. It's a different right. James Taylor. Yeah, man. All right. Q- All right. All right. Q3. Three. Q3. Making our way through this. Hit me. Of these collaborations, which one is real? Michael, Sarah, and Weezer. <laughs> Ryan Gosling's band Dead Man's Bones <laughs> and Bo- Bon Iver. 
Or mm. did Jared Leto and the aforementioned Chris Martin collaborate? Oh. They use that word right? Aforementioned? Aforementioned. Oh, oh, oh. oh. No. Sorry, I meant to play Jeopardy. <laughs> it was not enough to uh, reveal. Chris I, Martin. I, I couldn't get it from that. Jared Leto. Let's not mm-hmm. foo there. Sorry, guys. Gosling and Boney Vare and Michael Sarah and Weezer. Who collaborated? Hmm. I don't know this. I like the sound of Sarah and Weezer, but I I know that Michael Sarah put out an album of music that he wrote himself, but with no collaborations that I'm aware of. It's Boney Vare and who? Ryan Gosling's band, Dead Man's Bones. I always, people make a big like, uh, or people, the internet is like, oh, Boney, did did you know that Boney Bear was on a Kanye West album? I was like, yeah, I fucking know. Like it was, uh, so I feel like that's like collab bait. I kind of want to say the Michael Sarah thing too, just because Weezer, we've already found out, has done like a Kenny G collaboration. I'm gonna go Boney Bear on this one. I'm gonna go the Weezer, Michael Sarah. Okay. Even though I felt like I would have read about it if it happened, but go ahead. Let's hear it. Okay, let's get a uh, Q3, baby. That is Weezer and Michael Sarah. Oh, okay. Okay. With Hang On. And that's Michael Sarah doing the backup vocals. The, hang on! Hang on! I'm going to say that that functions very poorly as a like an answer because that could have been any of the answers. <laughs> I know, right? right? I still hear back. I still hear <laughs> I back. I still hear back. Huey Lewis, uh, man. That's it. Yeah, Michael Sarah playing the mandolin and then singing the <laughs> Hang on! Hang on! <laughs> Yeah, excellent. Wow, All right. right. Well, I, I did my best to try to stump the computer over here, Thank but you, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Thank Sorry you for, for the uh, almost accidental uh, ruining of round three. What do you got there? All right, uh, it's time to get back into the soundtrack, get back to business. We've had our fun. Which soundtrack are we doing? It's time to get back to the grind with the Garden State soundtrack. Garden State. Gar- Garden State. State. Garden State. Garden State. Uh, this is track nine. This is Thievery Corporation with Lebanese Blonde. Oh. That is totally European shopping music. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's like, but it's really, it's, there's nothing bad about it. There's just nothing like. It's that, part of that, that like that early it. era where you would hear like a like you know like a sitar playing, and then like when the drums come in, it's like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like it just it's doesn't like, yeah. hold up anymore. Uh, yeah. It's drum loops, and it's you know, I don't. It's. It's fine. I saw a video of Thievery Corporation playing on uh, like one of those live KEXP 
Oh yeah, and and the uh, the bass player was dressed like a monk, and just like <laughs> just like uh, just like overly <laughs> dancing, yeah. you know. And it, it was just. Uh, I've seen him live before. Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I went to. A, How was it? I mean, it, it was funny. It was this um, music festival called Eco Project uh, outside of Georgia, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess whoever was—I don't know who makes up the band. I don't know if it's like two DJs or something, but one of them screwed up, uh, like in, like ruined an entire song, and uh, the rest of the group on stage made him do push-ups. That's all I remember about it. Oh, but everything wow. else was just like, you know, me like. <laughs> I don't know how many like, members they. I just know there's a lot of shareholders. So maybe that could have been like a. You might have been watching like the board making oh, people yeah, do. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Yeah. It's that way with a lot of corporations. <laughs> uh, this is. I remember in college, like people that were really into like rave culture, which I never was. I was into like the music kind of associated with that. But this was definitely like. You would go to the rave and you'd like listen to all the music you really liked, and then like the drive home or whatever. This that this was, was the, the thievery corporation. This it was, was like the lounge to chill out from like the dance floor. Down. It's dance yeah, yeah. dance music for when you're done dancing. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You're also the only person I've ever known that's like into trip hop and the rave music, but like no other parts about the rave. <laughs> like no one's, no one's like, ah, oh, love the music, cannot stand the scene. The people. <laughs> like, oh, geez. Like you're either just in that or not. Like, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. The genre would be great if it wasn't for the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, this was playing during the, the that weird uh, like the hotel peephole scene. Is it Meth- Method Man? It's Method Man. Method Man's oh, the, really? the hotel bell clerk <clears throat> in the process of getting the mom's yeah, was, necklace back. It was such a random sort of. Uh, I guess they're like exchanging a tank of nitrous uh, for like information about like a as you a do professor or something. Mm-hmm. I remember even at like. When I watched this movie, I was much younger and took things on face value. But even then, I was kind of like, this seems like a little contrived. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, Method Man's a bellhop, and it's like, I can, like, you know. The Peep Show Hotel. Yeah. The, the hallway between the hotel rooms is like a full hallway. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> what, who designed yeah, it? like people are, like, skittering around, under, like, between the walls. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's really like ridiculous. A, like a Chuck Palahniuk sort of subculture that it's like, oh, I heard about this, and I'm going to, like, ham-fistedly insert this into my novel or something, or this screenplay. <laughs> it's like, it had, it had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And still, on, on a rewatch, I was like, all right. <laughs> Next. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, when I saw that scene the other night, I, I said to myself, like, what, what is going on right now? Why is this, why is this happening? Well, also the timing of it would be insane. It's like, hey, is anyone having sex at the hotel? Can I come down and like, maybe hang out to hope that somebody might? <laughs> like, it was like the middle of the day. So like the fact that there were more than three <laughs> people there hanging out in the walls. It's like, when would you go? When is the prime time? And clearly, a weekday during the day is not. That, that's what like weirded me out. <laughs> so Caleb's rating may have lost a point with that track. Let's see. There's been some dips. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, this uh, this next track may have some saving grace. Uh, this is Simon. The track ten. Simon and Garfunkel with the only living boy in New York. Nothing to do today But smile and 
Thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... I, I love Simon and Garfunkel, like, beyond measure. And the reason why I love them, I think, is encapsulated by the song a lot, because they're like an amazing folk group in a time where there was a lot of amazing folk music. And then <laughs> it's somehow, like, expanded into this thing where they're playing an acoustic folk song with, like, the voices of the same, like, uh, timbre that you would. And then there's, like, a full orchestra and, like, chorus yeah. of children and, like, huge, like, booms. And it gets, like, super weird instrumentally, <laughs> but it still works. And I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, it gets really bizarre in a cool a way. That's a good point, because you think of them as, like, a folk act. Yeah, but then, and, like, listen to that fucking song. It's like Peter Gabriel comes in dressed like an ape. Like playing the toms. What's happening in this recording session? It's uh, it's completely crazy, but it's so good. And like, I'm also a big fan of like all the Paul Simon. Like, uh, yeah, so good, so good. Oh, man, this was the the famous quarry screaming. Oh scene. yeah, oh, we're gonna bring it back to the movies. Pure, I have to. I have no, to. No, no, no. Uh, pure angst. Pure angst. And like, <laughs> probably holds up the. the what's least the well What's the all? line that they exchange with each other? The the, the farewell. At the door. Where he's like, good luck exploring the infinite abyss. Hey, you too, man. <laughs> and then, he's, and then the, you know, Angsty Zach Braff does moments. some weird, like, and then, and then he jumps up and screams into the quarry that's like an infinite abyss, which is just... I will say, and I, and I mean, I, he was twenty six in the movie. I mean, come on, yeah, he's twenty six, man. Well, he had the theory in some interview where he said that um, he's like, my personal theory is that you go through puberty in your, you know, in, in your teens, and then you go through puberty uh, in your uh, mentally in your twenties. Yeah, and I guess I don't know. It's, it's a little weird. Wait, wait, wait. Say, say that again. It's like you're in your teens. He's like, you go through puberty normally, but then in your 20s, you go through like mental, mental puberty. puberty. Oh, mental okay. Puberty. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. I mean, that, it's the quarter life crisis. It's what spurred me to move to New York. <laughs> I think it was I, 26, 27. I agree with the sentiment, but I feel like this is the script that you write before you go through mental puberty. That's true. This is, this is a child's, this <laughs> a child's a idea. Child, of like, this is a child script. This is a baby brain script. I, I mean, I'm going to bring it back to how important this movie was to me. Like, I, I was like, I am prescribed to Adderall and I am numb. <laughs> like, 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 I sympathize so much with this movie. And I'd, like, never been through any, like, hardships or loss in my life. And I was just like, oh, no one knows why I don't emote. <laughs> just like... Oh, oh, it's pretty great. Yeah. That's the thing. You had baby brain. The like, same way that Zach Braff did when he wrote it. Like, that's the thing. It's not. There's nothing like offensive about it, but it's it. It's the pretension <laughs> of thinking that it's a deep movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's I, what bothers me because it's not deep at all. It's fine. And I, I know that now. And I watched this movie last night, like with arms folded, like <laughs> expecting it to not hold up, expecting it to be terrible, but like. I, I liked it. I still like it. I <laughs> still good. I still found it to be an enjoyable the film. Thing, the thing for me was that it, it feels like it's going somewhere, and then, I don't know, it's like three quarters of the way through yeah. that you realize that, like, oh, it's not really going anywhere. It's kind of a movie that's just about whatever. Yeah. When it just takes that whatever turn. I mean, it's still good. I still enjoy watching it. I like the, the pacing and the tone of it and yeah. kind of the low-keyness of the whole film, but... 
Yeah, once you realize that it's just like, ugh, like whatever. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, there's some definite eye roll movements yeah. where you're just yeah. like, the 2004 was a different when time. When he does that weird <laughs> poncho dance outside in the quarry. Yeah. Know, like, and some of, the, some of the lines are just like, yeah. oh, God. I just, I love this idea that Zach Braff is like, I have a I have a vision for a life where I'm a little bit less famous, but Natalie Portman wants to hang out with me all the time. <laughs> He's the guy from Scrubs. He's the guy from Scrubs is the funniest thing. Thinking about like, you know, which is it's it's that was a show. Scrubs was something I always settled for. You know what I mean? Like I'd be flipping channels and be like, fine, Scrubs. <laughs> he said that like writing the screenplay was uh, like partly based on his real life experience. Yeah. I wonder which part. <laughs> Push, pushing gonna, the mom over the dishwasher. He's probably like, uh, yikes, buddy. He's probably had dinner at sea. That's probably where he got the idea. <laughs> the Thai I, restaurant. I think he, he was working as a server in a restaurant when he wrote this screenplay. I think he has said that. I'll right. say before yeah. we get back to the soundtrack, uh, if you watch the pilot to Scrubs, it's like one of the better pilots I've seen. Oh yeah, and no. it's, it's way better than the actual show. You like. You told me that, and I did it because you oh, told you me did. that. Yeah, yeah, and I absolutely agree. <laughs> most pilot, most pilots amazing. are like way worse than the show because mm-hmm. it takes like a season to like get the stride. It's like well, starts off a little bit awkward and like having to say everything in the first episode. Yeah, it's all the exposition. You get yeah, out. and then it's like it's, and it's fine, and then maybe season two or three gets good, and then it starts to get gradually worse. But with Scrubs, I feel like the pilot was the best one, and then it like. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get back to that. Yeah, let's wanna... get back to this. I, I do have a few more things to say about the movie, but let's yeah, get back I'm, to I'm it. Sure we'll get back. And I'll... <laughs> We're coming up hot on track 11. This is Iron and Wine with uh, Such Great Heights. We'll guide you They will see us waving from such great heights. Come down. me want to hear like Ray LaMontagne do a unnecessarily slow down cover of Take On Me. (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, We should say that that's that's a cover of a Postal Service song. Let let it be known. So, um... I I like both those songs. Okay, so... I liked Iron and Wayne, Iron and Wine a lot at the time. Iron and Wayne. Uh, I definitely. <laughs> that was the Iron, Iron and Wine fountains of Wayne. Talk yeah. like the, the guy from uh, Cocktail for a second. Uh, <laughs> so Iron and Wine. I haven't listened to them in a long, long time, and I haven't felt the need to. But it's you know it's fine. Um, I'm you're a much, still I'm, rhyming, Caleb. I'm a bigger fan of Postal Service. I think that Postal yeah, Service sure. record really holds up and is great, which is. Uh, Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie mm-hmm. and the guy from Dental. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking really, really good. And Am I mistaken in that it was called Postal Service because they did it all like online and to the mail and stuff? They definitely did. It was one of the That's first uh, collaborations that I remember. They did it like back and forth online. Okay. I don't know if that's where the name came from. Uh, I know that they got contracted to do the UPS, got their music for a big ad campaign a couple <laughs> Uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. Uh, so this this cover, there's always like a clumsy cover on every, it seems like almost every soundtrack we do. This was not for the soundtrack. This was the, the B-side of the single to Such Great Heights. 
there was this, and then I think the maybe the Shins covered another one of the Postal Service's songs on the same. Um, I wish that this was the original. The original is really good. Well, that that was something confusing happening. At this uh, this was, more a beat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was yeah still Napster ish time for me. You know, or not Napster, but like Kazaa. Oh four. Yeah. Yeah. I was still downloading stuff illegally. LimeWire. LimeWire. Oh yeah, that's what it was. LimeWire. LimeWire. SoulSeek. Morpheus. iMesh. You name iMesh. it. You Audio name it. Galaxy. I was on it, baby. P2P <laughs> clients. <laughs> FTP duck. <laughs> you name it, I know it. Um, but all these, uh, I would search for the name of these songs, and I would download it, and I was like, I think this is it, but this seems like a slowed down <laughs> version. Oh. And then it would be like mislabeled Postal Service. And so there was right. this, it was like four bands all covering each other. They were all related acts. <laughs> so I was like, I don't uh, All my music came from Whereas. Yeah. <laughs> At the time, I remember being really excited to learn that there were these kind of B-side covers of the Postal Service songs that I liked. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I think when I, when I found the soundtrack, I was excited to hear this. And, you know, it, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's iron it's fine. Iron and wine. Like, I remember. I think fine he was like a. Wine. He was working as a teacher when he like, when his album like the first album that he kind of yeah. broke out with came out. And he was working as a teacher when Zach Braff entered his classroom and said, "I want you on my next <laughs> my next soundtrack." Yeah. Um, this is played during the uh, the sleepover. Uh, Zach Braff and Natalie Portman wake up in the bed together, and this is like slowly sort of panning, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Very cinematic. It also it made me think about um, the next iteration of Manic Pixie Dream Girl was like uh, kind of you know Manic Pixie Nightmare Girl or like the girl that has like a bunch of baggage, and that's what like uh. that's what is attractive about her, like the Kristen Stewart like. So like we can go to my place, but like things aren't okay at all at home. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, it's I, like that sort of vibe. To I kind of thought that there that it went two directions. One is uh, like the direction, the self aware direction, kind of like uh, the Scott Pilgrim thing, where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm more complicated than just like some sort of like freaky girl that's going to change your life. Like yeah. I'm doing my own thing. I don't really care about what you're doing, yeah. which I kind of like. Yeah, and then yeah. there's also um, like the her version where it's like a sci-fi like i was created to keep you company (laughs) which is kind of you know also self-aware but like also a little bit of like these writers just want to imagine something that's like it's all lonely screenwriters lonely fucking dudes man (laughs) what What do women want (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah Okay, let's uh, let's get back into it track 12 track Track 12 is frou-frou with let go Watch your So, Fru Fru was a, a two-act. This was Imogene Heap, 
don't yeah. know if you've heard that name. This is her band oh, before man. she. Ooh, what you say? Yeah, the SNL digital yeah, yeah. short. Is that the. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, uh, that song, I'm permanently scarred by. I have, a, I have a story about that song. Well, let's hear it. <laughs> uh, no, this is so bad. Um, I didn't I, know that was a Mogan. Hide and seek. Um, when I was in college, um, I was living in a house uh, out in the rural Boston. And my roommate brought a girl home one night and was living with three other people. And they went straight to the bedroom and he locked the door and he decided to play hide and seek. Uh, and he put it on loop. And a couple of hours go by. And that song's been playing straight for two hours. And this is the same song from the, the digital short? thing, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, what you say? Yeah. That's like and kind of the... That's kind of the sketch. <laughs> yeah, that's the sketch. Is there. <laughs> Me and my two other roommates are starting to kind of like get a little... Uh, hey, you want to you wanna cut it out? So we start knocking on the door. No answer. They passed out. Yeah. And that song played... The entire night. Oh on, no! And, and it was and it was not quiet. It was very loud. Yeah. So, I think the the writer at SNL was probably your next door neighbor. Next, I know, I oh man! <laughs> it it played like a hundred and fifty <laughs> times in one night, just in a loop. So it's a great song. Like it's got uh, that cool thing. That, I mean, whatever. It, I can't hear it without just being shell shocked. People people love Imogen Heap. I I would argue that she's kind of the edge of vocal like styling. There's so many fucking pedals and things going on. There's a lot of tech. Yeah. It, it was all based. It was all uh, that song. Hide and seek was used on an episode of the OC, right? Where somebody got shot. Uh, maybe Misha Barton. Oh, or is that what it was? And that's what inspired. Oh, I never even. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just like but a fucking random song. That there's like a there. electronic remix of it too that was playing like on the radio for a while. That you know got a lot of it got. I know it got sampled. It's had a long life. It got sampled. Yeah, I got sampled a couple of times. I got sampled. I got sampled. I got sampled. Don't don't put a song on loop and lock the door <laughs> and That's then like, pass out. Did you guys ever see Spun? No. Oh yeah, uh, Jason the... Schwartzman like meth movie. Um, no, Jason Schwartzman. I thought it was the guy from Almost Famous. Um, it has like Brittany Murphy, John yeah. Leguizamo, it's Brittany Murphy, and Jason Schwartzman. I'm pretty maybe, sure. Maybe Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. But he does that. He's like he like handcuffs his girlfriend to the bed, and then like he's like, "Listen to the radio, babe." And then like the record starts skipping, <laughs> and like you just realize like this horrifying like reality of like. He's just chained his girlfriend to the bed, and it's like, and, 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 and. <laughs> that's what I imagined Nick yeah. went through that night. <laughs> Man. All right, uh, what do we got next, Nicky? Uh, up next, we have the last. We have track 13. We made it. We this made is it. Bonnie Somerville with Winding Road. Take us away, Bonnie. And it's a The Bonnie Somerville from um, NYPD Blue. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I believe it is. I, I did see that the only credits she had were acting credits, 
but I couldn't find any uh, reference to why she was singing a song on the soundtrack. Okay. He was, uh, it was Zach Braff, you know, <laughs> doing a favor. Yeah. She got him the audition for Scrubs. He was yeah. like, ah, zing, zing, baby. <laughs> Grammy adjacent. She finally, Grammy got, adjacent. finally got to touch a Grammy. <laughs> I wanted uh, that just to be, every day is a winding road. <laughs> You can't Prince. name your song that. And then just, yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was great. One, one last thing. Before we move to... Uh, one last thing before we move summary. to reviews. All right. So one thing I noticed on a second watch or maybe third watch of Garden State was that... You can say how many times you've seen it. It's okay. On a 14th or 15th watch. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was, it's like Zach Braff's character goes from not emoting at all because he's supposed to be like on all these meds. And then by the end of the movie, he's like this kind of irrational, like, uh, you know, jumping off his plane to, to meet Natalie Portman while, you know, Fru Fru plays in the background um, and like yelling at his dad who was in bed and stuff like that. And like, this was actually, this was kind of a time, it was 2004. There was sort of a pushback on the pharmaceutical stuff, which was like, uh, maybe we shouldn't be on these meds. You know what I mean? And I kind of blame this movie for like the, you know, throw your, throw your prescription pills out the window and live, man, which is sort of a, a dangerous thought. Like, I think it's like an anti-vaxxer. This is the birth of the anti-vaxxer movement is what I'm going to say. But... I met a girl, she's amazing, and it turns out I'm not bipolar anymore. Yeah. Probably. I don't know, I feel great. I feel great. And like, <laughs> think about his next meeting with his like LA psychiatrist. He was like, how are you doing? Well, I'm off my meds, and uh, I met a girl who is my soulmate. I've known her for four days, and she is my soulmate. And uh, my best friend, who's a grave robber, uh, he took me to a place where we can see people have sex in the walls, and then we went to a place where there's a quarry and there's a boat, and uh, again, I'm off my meds, and now I, I can feel life. I feel something for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and like the psychiatrist would be like, um, well, I'm gonna write you something, and like you need to get back on your meds right so now. More lithium. <laughs> like, do you remember why I put you on the meds? Yeah. Do you remember the things you said and the people you hurt? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all. I just that's I wanted to go on that. Oh. All right, time for reviews. Review, review, review. Review. Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen stars. Fifteen stars. Decimal 15 points allowed. Decimal stars. We okay. like to be specific. We're a very specific podcast. Caleb, why don't you know yourself? I haven't... Okay. This was a soundtrack I enjoyed a lot when it came out. I gotta say, the songs that are like old songs put on, the Simon and Garfunkel, Nick Drake, are are like impeccable. Uh, But most most of the album is contemporaneous. I I gotta give it like a 13.2. It's like a really... Uh, really good soundtrack. There are a few fucking bummers. Uh, I think it holds up. Yeah, amazingly well. Yeah, it's a very generous, very generous soundtrack review. Thank you. That's Caleb. my version of a Grammy. <laughs> Thirteen point two. Grammy adjacent. Grammy adjacent. <laughs> I would give this album a thirteen point eight. Yeah, yeah. You Very always good. have to one up me. <laughs> we can't, we can't go lower than I you, mean, Caleb, because you've been the curmudgeon of the of the review portion. I did, I did decide that number before we recorded. <laughs> to okay, be, to be, to be fair, 
Which we should all start doing that, I guess. Yeah, it's not personal politics. Thirteen point eight. Thirteen point eight. Great soundtrack. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Liked the movie when I saw it originally. Liked yeah. rewatching it. All around great. Yeah. You know, there's some things about it like that make you cringe, but you're supposed to cringe. Yeah. You know, it's it's Zach Braff. You know, de- directorial debut, screenwriting debut, soundtrack picking debut. <laughs> <laughs> And, and he did pretty. He did pretty well. He did pretty, what's he did what's pretty the status well. on uh, Zach Braff's egot? Is it still just the G? And you know, <laughs> uh, we'll still look it up. We'll look it up. Later. Capital G. capital G on that. Check the episode notes. Maybe he's egot. Yeah. Thirteen point eight. Um, I think I'm gonna have to go thirteen point five. Right, right in the middle of you two. Okay. Right in the middle of you two. I see why you guys had me go first. <laughs> we are we are pretty close out. here. We are all in the thirteen. You gotta keep me in the basement. Nobody has 13, any original maybe. thought. I think uh, you know. Uh, I, I'm not gonna say anything you guys didn't say, but um, it, it, this is one of those ones that's tough to separate nostalgia from. Uh, you know this this listening. You know, I feel like. Uh, Oh yeah, man. What, what I, I gonna say, I, man? Like, I what fucking I, gonna say? I, I tore up the CD. Like, uh, yeah, no, I, I listened to this. I listened to it a lot at a very pivotal point in my life as well, and uh, as an adult, puberty. like, I, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was in my twenties. What was the was song like, that was the one? Like, if you put the CD in the CD player and you would like skip to the song oh, well, and then just pop it out, what was the one that you would skip to? Uh, well, new slang was the, slang, but I will yeah. say that I think I had the album too, so I don't know. Shins. Uh, I also love the Nick Drake one. Oh, for some Drake reason, one. I was like, "What could I have been?" <laughs> I like that Zero Seven track, man. That's the jam. Yeah. I like oh that. yeah. Yeah. Dude. Zero right. Seven's awesome, right. dude. That the fucking Check Coldplay out, one. Man. I always, I would never fast forward past that Coldplay no, song. I, I wouldn't either. Um, I, there was probably a point where I was like, "Coldplay is gonna be amazing." If they ever play <laughs> the fucking Super Bowl halftime show, it's gonna be the best show ever. <laughs> He's gonna come up with like a weird dance, and it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> If he, they should have just played this at the Super everyone Bowl. Everyone just falls asleep. If, the he ever, if he ever marries an actress and she starts a website, I'm probably going to be really into that website. <laughs> probably going to learn all sorts of stuff about what I, you know. uh, um, But yeah, I mean, okay, so it, it matches so well with the movie. Yeah. And the movie, I think, on, on a, another viewing recently, I think it holds up. It's quirky. It's funny. It's... You can tell it's like sliding off the Wes Anderson quirk. Like it, people are still like, "Oh, things are like weird and not normal," and that's interesting to be well. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to rewatch it because uh, when I think back on it, I think it's terrible. But you guys seem to like, like, still like it. I, I, again, I was expecting to hate it. I was okay. expecting to like shred it to pieces on this viewing. But like, I watched it last night and I was like, I, "All right, like, I give it a pass. I give it a pass." All right, there we go. Listen up, Netflix. Time to get that Garden State license. (laughs) We may have to give some recommendations here. Well, uh, recommendations in honor of the Garden State soundtrack. We're going to add a track to the track listing Spotify playlist. Uh, What is your favorite state song, Chris? So, uh, for the second time, I'm going to (laughs) be... Adding uh, the Mountain Goats to the playlist. Oh, um, their song Double Goat. Double Goat, uh, greatest of all time. Going to Georgia. <laughs> I thought it was going to be another Genghis contract. <laughs> no, well, they didn't have any American states. Uh, but do uh, uh, you know? Do Russian principalities count? <laughs> it's, uh, Soviet republics, I think. Oh yes. Yeah, <laughs> all right, let's hear uh, "Going to Georgia" by the Mountain Goats. 
I like he sounds like he's really like hitting that guitar. I, it sounds like he's beating the shit out of that guitar. Yeah, and it, yeah. sounds, it sounds like it's just him in a room. Yeah, you know, in his Good. apartment, hitting record on a tape recorder. Yeah, <laughs> and this, this is gonna come out wrong, but uh, I feel like when I tell people that I like the Mountain Goats. And they give me a look like, you like the mountain goats? This is the song that's playing in their head when oh, they yeah. give me that look. Because <laughs> this is like the most mountain goatsy. It's the most mountain goatsy song. Goatsy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goatsy. If you like this song, goatsy. Google goatsy. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Chris, go ahead. Uh, but no, they, um, it's, it's one guy, basically. And uh, it's that super lo-fi. And like that, that song in general is, when thinking about like states, I think driving cross country and listening to a song like that like you really get that sort of welled up feeling of like uh you know crossing this this nation of ours and you're like man what are, you know <laughs> what's out there who are all these people that are living in these you know these outside of you know 40 miles outside of atlanta like towns and stuff mm-hmm. like that and it, it's a very good i think he does a great job of encapsulating that like small town small uh you know that vibe, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Nice. All right, thanks, Chris. Uh, Nick, uh, Caleb. <laughs> uh, I want to tell me what is a state that your song is about. Um, I looked at a lot of different states. Songs. I, I have a I have a guess for him that's California. I wonder if it's a California song. <laughs> we were just saying it's only really New York, California, Texas, yeah, uh, Mississippi. <laughs> I mean that song Nebraska by Mo. For the jam band fans out there, <laughs> um, I went with uh, New York, I Love You. Uh, oh. But you're bringing me down. This was my guess for the city one. Really? I thought he was going to pick this for uh, the city song. Yeah, from it's Austin a city, right? city state. Yeah, yeah. New York state of mind, I thought about. And right. Like, well, the state's in there. But I thought he right. was going to do uh, the Led Zeppelin uh, going to California. Zeppelin? <laughs> Zeppelin. <laughs> Caleb. <laughs> Say CBGBs. Oh, God. <laughs> CGBs. This is uh, LCD Sound uh, System. With New York, I love you, but bring song. me down. New York, I love you, but you're freaking me out. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Like a death of the heart. You guys have seen this music video, right? The it's Kermit. Like yeah. Kermit the Frog, and oh, then no, at the end, the big reveal is that James Murphy's the puppet master. Yeah. Oh, God. It's on, is it Williamsburg Waterfront, or is it in Greenpoint? Yeah, it's Williamsburg Waterfront. Yeah. I mean, you kind of cheated here. This is clearly about the city, Nick. Yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm not going to... Are you, are you implying that there's a part of New York State that's not in New York City? Because I don't... <laughs> I haven't heard of that before. <laughs> I like to stretch these uh, recommendations. That's fine. See how far they can go. It is a beautiful song, but it, it's we're we're really bringing it down towards the end of this podcast. I think <laughs> going to Georgia's a bummer of a song. New York, uh, you're bringing me down. It brings you down. Oh yeah. Well, I'm not going to cheer you up any. I think, <laughs> think Kalen's going to bring us Kaylin's up here. Kalen's going to fucking yeah. bring us down for the count. All right. Uh, this is a little <laughs> bit of a, a serious pick in a way. So. Yeah. Um, I'm going to intro this a little bit before we play it, but this is from 1964, uh, Mississippi Goddamn by Nina Simone. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. Um, so essentially this is like a reaction to, I think in 1963, there was 
I mean, there's a lot of terrible things going on, but there was a church bombing in uh, Al- uh, mm-hmm. Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And so Nina Simone, I think, on a f- on the fly kind of wrote this song uh, leading up to a show she was playing at uh, Carnegie Hall. And so this this track was recorded live at Carnegie Hall in 1964, and she kind of just like sprang it on, uh, obviously, a largely white crowd, which is pretty amazing. And... I mean, when we talk about uh, protest songs, especially from the civil rights movement, there's a lot of songs that are like hopeful, a lot of songs that are like very sad, and I like a lot of those songs. But this is one of the few songs that's like, it's like angry and scared, and it's just fucking badass. And it's funny. She's like, she makes a lot of like uh, jokes in between, and <laughs> you hear a lot of like nervous white laughter, which is really funny. Um, but it's actually it's also a really amazing song. So. Uh, I'm not going to play the, the part that I'm playing is not, cause it's kind of, it starts off as like a show tune to, <laughs> it's like a little bit more of a rope-a-dope. Yeah. Uh, but the chorus, uh, could bring in a States because it mentions more than one States. It's, uh, Alabama's got me so upstate, uh, sorry, Al- Alabama's got me so upset. Tennessee's made me lose my rest and everybody knows about Mississippi. Goddamn, uh, is really fucking good. So let's, let's hear Hound dogs on my trail School children sitting in jail Black cat cross my path I think every day's gonna be my last Lord have mercy on this land of mine We all gonna get it in due time I don't belong here, I don't belong there I've even stopped believing in don't tell me i'll tell you i just watched a documentary about her she was she was fucking amazing in all balls she was like one of the most courageous performers i think oh yeah she's amazing one of the best nina simone she has a whiz uh, but anyway, sorry. So on a high note, on a high note, woo! <laughs> but it's state, really huh? good, and it all and it's talking shit about like three different states. So I feel like I should get triple points. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you to Chris for uh, the excellent game curation. Oh, thank you guys this for the, evening, oh, and man, also thank you for the pick, Chris, oh, Garden well. State. Thank you guys. Ooh, come so, on. Hey. Now you guys are. And thank you everybody for listening to good. Chris's terrible pick and his terrible game. That's nah, fine. I'll, I'll take my revenge on you later. We will see you guys next time. All right. With another soundtrack. We love you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.